the following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be talking about something that is on everybody's mind today, uh, the Obamacare being signed into law, at least until the Republicans can overturn it, hopefully. Um, we're going to be talking about what to expect when you're expecting, not being pregnant, but expecting to get sick under Obamacare. I don't know about you, but the passage of Obamacare has already made me ill. We're going to be talking about whether it was constitutional, whether your taxes will go up, whether you get to keep your doctor, whether you're going to get good care or whether you're going to be considered expendable, just like your grandma. And my guest today, who's going to clarify all of these uh, issues, um, is Robert Rainier. He is the founder of Invest Yourself. He's a well-respected financial wizard, and he keeps his eye on what goes on behind the closed door in Washington, D.C., and how it affects our world. Bob, welcome to the show. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. You know, I, what I found fascinating um, reading your background was how your original interest in investments and finance and so on brought you into, <laughs> peeking into, the corridors in Washington, D.C. to find these connections that aren't taught in investment seminars. So why don't you give us, before we start talking about Obamacare, let's tell us a, a little bit about yourself and how the journey that you went on. Sure, I'd be glad to. I actually started life as a jeweler. I, uh, I was fascinated with gems, precious metals, etc. So I went to school, uh, learned the trade, came out of school, uh, uh, sat there as a bench jeweler for a while, and then decided, hey, I can, I can do what the jewelry stores do. So I opened some jewelry stores. And that was an interesting thing because... Obviously, when you own a few jewelry stores, you're constantly replacing your stock of gold and silver, etc. And every time that I went to replace these things, the price would be different. So I'd ask, you know, okay, why is it different this time? And they'd give me reasons, but it didn't seem to make sense to me. And then one day I realized, um, you know, I really didn't understand anything about global economics. I I was just an economic idiot. Uh, I was a pretty good jeweler, but I didn't know anything about global economics, and I decided to change that. And the more and more that I looked, you know, I went to school and, you know, took (laughs) economics 101, basically, and that taught me nothing. But, you know, as I came out and I was really looking around and learning from some some very bright people, uh, one thing came very, very clear. What was really going on behind the scenes was completely different from what I was hearing in the mainstream media. 
And uh, that was the basis for how I started getting into economics and personal investing. So it wasn't too awfully long after I had sold my stores um, that I started making my living doing personal investing. And when you're good at something, it's really funny. Everybody, hey, what's he doing? You know, mm-hmm. pretty soon everybody wants to know what you're doing. You know, the cat's out of the bag. So. Mm-hmm. We started a small newsletter years ago, and then that grew and grew and grew, and pretty soon we launched a, a company called InvestYourself.com. And we, we picked that name simply because we do believe the best person to invest uh, your money is you, Invest mm. Yourself. So when uh, when you ask somebody, uh, well, gee, Bob, you talk about a lot of different things, uh, like here you're talking about health care, social policies, et cetera, et cetera. What's that got to do with um, economics? And the answer is everything. All of you can't separate economics from from politics. They're intricately woven together because the the political agendas that get passed, the the laws, the bills, the regulations have profound effects on our overall economy. So I get to you know talk and harp about things like healthcare. Well. <laughs> What are some of the, when you started looking into this, what were some of the things that you discovered were affecting uh, economics and investments and so on that, that people that were behind the scenes? Well, you know, I was like, oh, 85% of the, the population. I just figured, hey, you know, there's this big banking structure and it's, you know, it's all sound and our money is sound, and everything's just great, just like they tell us it is. Mm-hmm. But the further I, I looked, and the more that I learned, and then I learned, you know, what a Federal Reserve is, and, and uh-oh, you know, they're not federal, and they have no reserves. And yeah. wait a minute, are you telling me that they print money out of thin air and loan it to us? I mean, that's a pretty good business. Well, yeah, that's exactly what they do. And uh, so it's really pretty interesting if you listen to a cable financial station, so to speak, uh, you know, especially any of the really prominent ones, you know, you'll see the uh, the Federal Reserve people up there, especially because both of them have been getting grilled, like you know, uh, Ben Bernanke and his little his little minions, Timmy Geithner, etc. They've been on the hill a lot, but um, it's just now that uh, people are starting to wake up to how things really function what the Federal Reserve is really about. And that's that was the biggest wake-up call of, of my 20-year career doing this, was, wow, there really is a, a grand poobah behind the curtain, so to speak. And he pulls the levers and pushes the buttons, and, and everything they do affects everything that you do. And um, what is the relationship between... Um... I, I mean, I, in terms of politics and the Federal Reserve. Well, unfortunately, Washington and Wall Street are co-joined at the hip. It, it wasn't we weren't designed to be that way, um, but unfortunately, that is indeed what has happened. Uh, you know, you take an outfit like Goldman Sachs from Wall Street. You know, their their alumni hold sixteen to eighteen positions of very very high levels in governments around the world, everything from treasury secretaries, finance ministers, etc., etc. So you got to pretty much guess, no matter what they tell you about there being this Chinese wall and one side doesn't affect the other, 
Um, if you worked for Goldman Sachs for 20 years and then all of a sudden you're the Treasury Secretary of the entire United States, mm-hmm. I have a feeling Goldman pretty much gets a little say of what's going on. And uh, mm-hmm. in fact, it's not a little say; it's a tremendous amount of say. And and now the cover's really just off the ball. I mean, people really do realize Wall Street and Washington are just one and the same. Well, and how, um, in terms of our current president, uh, how is that playing into it? I mean, I imagine that that um, depending upon who's president, depending upon which party has more influence, that some of these these power struggles uh, change. The dynamics change. What is the current situation with Obama, and does oh, that, they, and is that they, affecting how he was able to get Obamacare passed? Well, it's, it, it affects everything. Um, he's he is the banker's best friend, and now I I don't want to be the conspiracy nut, and I don't want to be you know tinfoil hats looking for aliens. But um, a lot of the things that I might say are indeed controversial to That's most fine. people, but, <laughs> but unfortunately they're correct. And, uh, I mean, you can just take Obama by itself, okay? Here's a junior senator from Chicago that five years ago, 99.9% of the people had no clue who he was. Right. And yet he rockets right right past everybody and gets a seat in the White House. Not only does he win, he brings with him enormous agendas, cap-and-trade, health care. I mean, just going to attack every massive agenda you can imagine. To think that that he wasn't bought, so to speak, to think that he wasn't handled by very, very important people who 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 paved his way to make this happen is just a bit, you know, childish in my view. Yes, I I remember uh, during the election there were some people who spoke out and said that um, now I can't remember now who the who these big uh, repressed. Who these big people were, who were who were supporting him, but um, but I mean, I, I gather that these were people with their own agendas who uh, figured if they bankrolled him, that they would that they would be controlling Washington, uh, i.e. the world, and had some financial, particularly financial ideas in mind. Could you elaborate oh. on that? Well, sure, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly how politics works today. It's not the best man for the country that gets to gets elected. It's the person with the deepest pockets, the the biggest donors. And who's the biggest donors? It always ends up being the banking industry. Now, you know, people be rolling their eyes and say, "My goodness, this guy's a kook." No, I'm not a kook. Um, it just happens to be the way that the system is set up. If you look at uh, when Obama came in, okay, we're we're heading into this big economic crash. The very first thing that that he really did, well, first he attempted to 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 play with some cap and trade, then decided they'd put that on the burner for a little while and uh and went and bailed out the bankers, you know. The bankers came crawling to the Congress, mm. "Oh my lord, you have to bail us out. If you don't, there's going to be martial law and everybody's going to be eating bugs in the front yard." <laughs> well, Okay, here's eight hundred billion dollars. You know, let, let's let's go for it. And uh, you know, not one year later, those same bankers that we bailed out, their biggest problem today is they have so many billions of dollars in profit they don't know how to give out the bonuses without looking silly. Mm. That's the biggest 
turnaround in the history of all time from absolutely well, destitute. See? <laughs> see, it was a good thing to give them the $800 billion well, of work to well, help them turn it around. I'm only kidding. It was really good for them because they got to... Uh, they got to to go play in the markets and and make billions and billions of dollars, but you know what what you don't see on on your headlines every day is that um, every Friday night we call it the the Friday night follies. Every Friday night they announce which particular regional banks are being closed up and taken over mm-hmm. by the FDIC. Mm-hmm. Uh, last Friday there was seven more. So we're on track. If it keeps up at this pace, we're on track for 300 to 400 small regional banks that are being uh, disbanded, taken over and, and parted out by the FDIC. And yet you don't hear about them. How come all these little regionals who really did nothing wrong, didn't cause, didn't cause the economic meltdown, but they're the ones paying the price by, by being closed down, shuttered, bankrupt, etc.? How come they don't have billions of dollars to, to toss around? Yeah. Well, they don't have billions of dollars to toss around because they wasn't part of the bailout program. Just the big institutions got to play that game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's this back and forth, uh, you, you take care of me, we'll take care of you kind of thing, and uh, almost everything that comes down the pike is good for the bankers. Yes, yeah, so, so you don't have to go too far into a conspiracy theory to see that this was all part of the plan to get rid of the little guys so that the big guys could do even more business. Exactly. Well, with that, we need to take a break. All fascinating stuff. My guest is Robert Rainier. He is the founder of InvestYourself.com. We'll be talking more about politics and money when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Bob Rainier. He is the founder of Invest Yourself, a well-respected financial wizard who keeps his eye on what goes on behind closed doors in Washington. And we've been uh, talking about some really interesting stuff that, of course, doesn't get into the mainstream media. Um, let's let's go to Obamacare now. Uh, this today, this. <laughs> this horrendous, horrendous legislation was signed into law by Obama. He was really bound and determined. And, of course, it's going to be interesting. I hope that there's somebody, I don't know if you're doing this or you're affiliated with people who are doing this, but what needs to happen next is for people to, to, to study um, carefully each of the, of the congressmen who voted for the health care legislation to see what happens to them in the next year or two in other words what perks they get uh to dig down into it to see what they traded their vote for yeah it's very important that people keep an eye on what's going on because um this vote and this uh signing in into law this bill uh, was without a doubt one of the most egregious things i i think i've ever politically witnessed um, the upwards of 70% of the American people said, no, we don't want this. It wasn't just the Tea Partiers. It wasn't just bloggers. It was, you know, 70, CNBC had a live running poll one day about, oh, four days, five days ago, in the middle of last week, and it asked the same question, you know, do you want this or do you not? It was 75% no. So, Seventy-five uh, percent of the people had screamed at the top of their lungs, look, we need some kind of health care reform, absolutely, because it's broken. But we don't like what you're doing. We don't like this one. We don't like the way you're constructing it. And they just bulldozed it right through. 
and they weren't going to take no for an answer. It didn't matter. If they didn't have the votes, they were going to bribe people. If they couldn't bribe them, they were going to try parliamentary law. If they didn't do that, they were going to deem it as to have passed and then vote on it some other day. And then finally, I guess they just strong-armed enough of them to get this through. Well, unless, unless I've been taking hallucinogenics lately, the idea of these people sitting there in Congress was supposed to be for us, to be our mm-hmm. voices. That's why we send them there. Well, they're not listening to us at all, not even a little bit. Now it's just whatever King Obama wants, he wants. And, and it was a, you could see him almost holding a gun to these Democrats mm-hmm. that wouldn't flip over, uh, you know, basically holding a gun to their head. At one point, he, I believe he was quoted as saying, don't think so much about your, you know, your uh, your upcoming career. Think about doing what's right here, folks. Well, <laughs> that's that's the biggest threat that you could have. Yes, you know, I know that was so striking that th- these people should sacrifice themselves because this legislation is just such a gift for America. It's such a historical. He kept saying, you know, a historical uh, legislation, historical vote. Um, this is, you know, we're going to change this country. Yes, hope and change. Um, and and he was just trying to give this kind of pep talk, and and people seem to have forgotten. Yes, it's going to be historical, but it's going to be historical looked back upon as being uh, the beginning of the end, or just another cog in the wheel of the end. Yeah, a big or, cog. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, so what is next? I mean, I know that the Republicans are, have started a movement, or they actually have been working on it, presumably already, but um, coming forward with a movement to repeal this. What are they doing, and what, what chance of success does it have? Well, here's the thing, okay? Along with this, this health care bill, there's something unprecedented in the history of the United States. They are demanding, by 2014... They are demanding that you carry insurance or you pay fine. Never, ever, ever before in our history have Americans been made to buy a commercial product by penalty of fine. By the and guess who takes care of the fining? The IRS. Hmm. Okay, so they have expanded the power of the IRS to a factor of four, hmm. and uh, now they get to. Uh, they're the people who look at your tax records and say, okay, this is the plans that you can afford, and this is how much, if you have a Cadillac plan, you're going to be paying a little extra taxes. If you pay more money, if you make more money, you're going to be paying more taxes. And also, if, um, if you don't have insurance, uh, they'll be behind the idea of, of fining you for that. So the constitutional argument isn't it isn't about states rights and hey can the fed impose on my particular state these these draconian rules the real constitutional fight is the individual the individual is being forced to buy something for the first time in history and frankly i think it stinks to high heaven yes now so what happens okay let's say you don't buy one of these insurance plans you can't afford it you just don't want to do it whatever um well, let's say you can't afford it well okay either one how are you going to, does that mean that you're not going to get health care or because there's no public option right so what's going to happen to you in your health care well they say there's no public option 
but there's going to be one, and 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 by de facto there already is. Um, and and it goes into the concept of first of all, you know what we're really talking about here is not insurance. Okay, when Obama says, look, we want insurance companies to cover pre-existing conditions. Okay, that means. They they don't have to look at their actuarial tables and try and figure out the highest risks and, and charge higher for the people at a risk. He's saying, look, you're going to cover these people. So that's no longer insurance. That's mandatory health care. It has nothing to do with insurance anymore. That just went away. Mm-hmm. Um, you buy insurance, God forbid something happens to you, you are covered. Okay. Uh, you know, you don't buy uh, fire insurance the day after your house burns down. The company says, no, your house burnt down. Of course you're coming to pay us $500 so that we can build you a $150,000 house. Uh-huh. Okay? So by, by stipulating that um, pre-existing conditions have to be covered, instantly you have just made the case for a, a widespread national health care yeah, policy. Yeah. Okay. By de facto standards, it is now 100%. Okay, now you get back to what do you do? Well, if you can afford it and you've decided not to, you get fined. Okay, and the first year is, I believe, up to uh, $500. The second year, $700, and there's an escalating table there. If you cannot afford it, and again, the IRS knows whether you can or whether you can't, because that's who's going to be behind handling this. Um, there are uh, uh, what's the word? Um, there's, I want to say tax breaks, but that's the wrong one. Incentives, etc., to help the poorer people uh, get a, a better plan, come up with some aid, some assistance, etc. Uh, now, what happens after that? If if they get, the, I don't know that answer. I haven't been able to find that in this bill. Hmm. Well. You know, you you want you have to wonder why this was such a priority for Obama, and we were talking before about the people who were behind him and so on, like the banking industry. I mean, what do you think? You know, psychologically speaking, um, the reason why I think that he's was so gung ho about this was because growing up, um, when he saw people, perhaps perhaps his own family or people around him, um, not being able to afford things. Uh, or certainly, you know, I know it's politically incorrect, but <laughs> people who he cares about more, um, uh, wanting to get, give them insurance, wanting to, well, and, and wanting to make this a socialistic nation, actually. Um, there you go. <laughs> there you go. There, I was waiting for it. Yeah, you, you got to it. Um, look, Oh, in fact, it was pretty funny. Did you see the the little clip the other day about uh, uh, Jesse Jack, Reverend Jackson? No. Um, saying, uh, yeah, there's a little clip of him. I believe Breitbart captured it. Uh, if you uh, if you voted for Obama, you voted for socialism. Mm. He said it flat out, um, which was pretty pretty stunning that they finally admitted. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it certainly is. You can find that. I believe it was Breitbart.com. Uh, they have the film clip, but uh, yeah, the uh, the fact of the matter is, there's several reasons why this was such a push. One, whomever his particular banking cartel 
corporate cartel is that handled him and brought him up from obscurity to be the president. This was part of the payback monetarily, whether whether it was pharmaceutical companies, etc., um, uh, uh, bankers, no question. But uh, then it's the whole socialist situation too. Don't forget now, uh, as this thing absorbs 32 million people that have no uh, health care at this point. That's a, that's a very very big voting block, and uh, mm-hmm. if if it doesn't cost these people very much money to get some rudimentary care, Obama's going to be the best guy that ever happened. Of course, you and I have to pay for it, but then nobody wants to hear about that. So uh, you've got you've got the agenda of big business that wants it. You've got the agenda of Obama is a socialist and wants you know, hates that rich people can be rich and, and work hard all their lives and, and have the fruits of that, so they should pay for it. And then you've got millions, untold millions, and soon uh, soon enough, the illegal aliens, of course, will be amnestied, so they'll get it too. And uh, it creates a really big liberal voting block. Hmm. Yes, I guess that all makes sense when you look at it like that. Uh, very, you know, of course, one little factor he's not taking, one thing he's not taking into consideration, and that is um, the doctors who are supposed to be providing this care. I'm not so sure, we can, well, we have to take a break, but we can talk more about that in the next segment. Um, even though the AMA, uh, in their twisted <laughs> way of thinking, um, approved this, uh, Really, there isn't, uh, in, in terms of a grassroots level, there really aren't doctors who are, or enough doctors, I don't think, who are on board with it. We'll talk more about that. My guest is Bob Renier. He is the founder of investyourself.com, a financial wizard who puts it all together for us. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. 
At Last, a radio program dedicated to helping women look fabulous and feel fabulous naturally. You'll pick up tips on natural detox, learn about the benefits of whole foods, practice stress and relaxation techniques, and learn more about health, relationships, remedies, and self-motivation. Tune in to Feel and Look Fabulous with Arena. Broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We promise you, it's women's time well spent. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with my guest, Bob Renier. He is the founder of Invest Yourself and InvestYourself.com. We're talking about what to expect when you're expecting expecting to get sick under Obamacare. And uh, let's, um, yeah, when we left off, I was mentioning about uh, doctors not necessarily being on board. It's so, it's so elusive. Um, I don't know, I mean, it, it, well, first of all, the people that run the AMA are not really representative of doctors, of the grassroots doctors. That's first off. Um, but I, and I don't know uh, exactly how they or why they allowed their arms to be twisted to think that this was a good thing. I doubt that anyone um, at the top really uh, read the bill from <laughs> from cover to cover. But in any case, that just you know, it sounds good. The AMA is behind it. It sounds good. The AARP is behind it. Now, wh- what they were thinking, I, I don't know. They, I don't know why they don't realize the grandma. You know, that's the end of grandma, but we'll talk about that. But, but really, it does not, as far as day-to-day doctors in their private practices, in their hospitals, um, you know, nobody has been coming around asking them uh, what they think and whether they're on board with this and whether they're willing to take cuts um, in Medicare or in, in, in whatever this, you know, this national health insurance turns out to be. So I think that there might well be a little, um, you know, an abrupt halt here when, en- when and if enough doctors uh, opt out of the system. Well, yeah, the, um, well, one, you mentioned the AMA. The AMA is, is a business, okay, and they're in the business of health. And just look at, just look at the numbers of, of uninsured right now. Uninsured people go to hospitals, etc. Uninsured people go to ERs, etc. Okay, and now instead of of the hospitals taking care of them at at a debit, 
um, 32 million people are going to get some type of monetary stimulus, so to speak, from Uncle Sam. The AMA just got 32 million new customers. Well, yeah, they, they yeah. like that. Well, no yes, of- for the emergency rooms, yes, absolutely. Some money is better than no money, yes. But right. I think for but people... But now, as far as the individual doctors go, now this is, see, this is where things are going to get pretty cloudy because if indeed, it's, let's just suppose that nobody can change this. No one can change this, and it, it's going to go through just the way the bill is written, which I don't believe. I think it's going to get amended 5,000 times. But... Let's just suppose it went through as is. Okay, the way it's written right now, okay, there is no question, no question whatsoever, that the losers will be the insurance companies um, because of the simple fact of like pre-existing conditions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, they have to uh, to cover uh, illnesses that in the past, they, you know, their their risk assessors would say, no, we can't cover these people. Well, now they have to. As more, but yet they won't be able to jack up premiums to cover enough of that to go around. Eventually, eventually the private insurers are going to fold up, and there will be only a national insurer. He says there's no public uh, option, but it, it's going to come by de facto because the other ones cannot possibly compete against Uncle Sam's mandates. Can't. So what happens? Like you just said. What happens when, um, you know, not this year, not next year, but the following year, the following year, the following year, and, and so on, as more and more of these insurance companies have to pay out less and less to the doctors because they have to pay out more and more to cover more terminal illnesses, et cetera, et cetera, well, there's no question that doctors are going to not be so economically inclined to get into being doctors, isn't it? No kidding. Um, Because when people decide to become doctors, I mean, I supervise and treat a lot of um, medical students and and, um, uh, residents, you know, and um, they, they start out being very idealistic. And really, a lot of this that's going on politically sort of goes over their head for most of them. They're just trying to get through, you know, get through school or get through their residency and internship. Um, but they, their reason for going into medicine was more idealistic to help people and, and they want to be appreciated. And it is going to change. You know, it's going to be like, um, like what happened in England where, with the National Health Service, where, um, they've had to import doctors from foreign countries because because british born people didn't want to didn't want to go to medical school in the numbers that they need to take care of the people i mean it's just it's the total decline of of the medical system um of good care and and you know this whole thing about um what was it called? The consulting? What was the, I forget the expression, uh, but you know, giving advice to older people or, or terminally ill people. What was that, uh, uh, that, that they uh, cut it? What was it called? Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking you about. Know, like of course, you can it's have sessions me. to give you end of life, uh, consultation or something. <laughs> That's it. End of life services. Yes. I mean, you know, you were saying about the insurance companies going under. That's one of the ways that, that, uh, both the government and the insurance companies are going to try to cut corners by by depriving people of care um, if they seem to be terminal or if they're over a certain age. 
um, you know, that's, that's going to be one cost-cutting measure, just uh, pull the rug out, and then you don't have to worry about those, those last uh, end-of-life end of decisions. Yeah, that's the problem, you know, that's not the problem, that's one of the many. Um, there's no way that this particular bills, the way that they're set up, won't, well, we're already bankrupt. What am I saying? The nation's bankrupt, we're insolvent, um, there's, there's no way out of that. And this just adds to it. So, you know, when you look at, uh, Rahm Emanuel and his, his brother who has written papers saying that People do indeed have a productive portion of their lives, and and he's written papers in the past suggesting that maybe um, uh, health care money, so to speak, should uh, should be focused on on the young and the, and the middle aged, uh, especially uh, whereas the product you know the seniors have already had their productive years, and that that's a dangerous kind of a thing to to put out there, but indeed he has put that out there. Now, you know, you say, well, gee, you, you, you must be pulling something off the Internet. No, no, he, he wrote the papers. Um, it's, it's the real deal. So when you see something in there like end-of-life service consultations and how best to deal with grandma, uh, grandma, you know, in the later years of this, this type of situation, grandma's going to get the rug pulled, no question. Well, you know, part of this was um, seen uh, a few years back with the Terry Schiavo situation. I was actually involved in that on the side of her parents, um, where where people, the government just decided or allowed, um, I mean, particularly this one judge, but the government didn't stop the judge um, from from pulling the plug on her which was not only a tragedy for her and her family and all of that, but um, it was also sort of a change. It marked a real shift where all of a sudden life, uh, if, if you weren't measuring up to a certain standard of perfection, um, life, you were expendable. Yeah, and uh, some type of eugenics has been, uh, <laughs> has been bandied about in, in, in a lot of civilizations over the years. It just yeah. seems that we're on our, on our rocket road to, to having our own at this point. Yes, absolutely, which is kind of ironic. Um, you know, the, I wanted to go back to something. We were talking about the pre-existing, um, the risk of, of the insurance companies having to insure people with pre-existing conditions. Um, you know, one way, presumably, that they're going to deal with that is by spreading the cost. Instead of people with pre-existing conditions having to pay more, they would spread the cost of that around to everyone having to pay more. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Which is, which is another socialistic <laughs> principle. Well, that's just it. You know, taxes are indeed going up. There's, this cannot pay for itself. Services will go down. Taxes will go up. I don't care what the man tells me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, Obama's on TV more than Johnny Carson was. Yes, I know. Is that an, it's like you can, a day can't go by without him um, having a press conference somewhere. I mean, he should have just gotten somebody should have given this man a late night show. We would have all been much better off. Yeah, no question. <laughs> and uh, you know, no matter what he tells us, however, about how this is. This is going to be cost neutral or even save us money. That that's just a flat out lie. I, I, 
listen, there's no way in the world, even the, the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, uh, just came out last week and said, nope, sorry, the way this bill's written, it adds to the deficits. Of course it does. There's no way around that. And, you know, you just can't, you just can't make mandatory health care for everybody and, and bring in 30 million people and, and think that, uh, you know, oh, it'll just pay for itself with some more taxes on the rich and, and, a, and a silly dividend payment uh, tax. It's just not going to happen. It, it's, it's fantasy numbers. But you know, we're so used to getting fantasy numbers from, from our government that, you know, people don't pay attention to it. You know, they just don't. Um, and you when know, the numbers it, get so high, billions and trillions, it sort of becomes meaningless. Well, let's let's look at something a little bit more down earth that I think your listeners could uh, could more reflect with. Um, if you ask the average person in the street right today, hey, what is the unemployment rate right now? Mm-hmm. What do you think the average person would tell ten, you? Ten percent. Ten percent. Okay. Now, are we going to a break? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll find oh, out I... the answer to this, but it really is when we come back. Okay. <laughs> My guest is Bob Rainier. He's the founder of Invest Yourself, and his website is investyourself.com. We're talking about Obamacare and uh, all the secrets that the government is perpetrating on us. So stay tuned. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com If you're a parent, you face all kinds of challenges. You know you're a good parent, but we have a show that may help you become a better one. It's called The Book of Dad Radio Show. Hosted by expert husband and wife team Robert and Ulette Benson. This program will answer your questions about a variety of topics that parents need to stay on top of. It's a roundtable of discussion that's great for the weekend or anytime. Tune in to the Book of Dad radio show every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a wow, a wise, outrageous woman of a certain age who wants thrilling work, vibrant health, joyful relationships, financial freedom, and the new F word, fun, in the next stage of life? Join host Lynn Schreiber in the Wow Zone each week where you'll meet amazing women who are creating lives filled with passion, purpose, and pizzazz. In the Wow Zone, broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Anything is possible. 
The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest is Bob Renier. He is a financial wizard and the founder of Invest Yourself and investyourself.com. Um, before the break, and I, I must say, I am really so happy to be able to, you're bringing us such, such, uh, important information and in such a clear way that it sort of shatters some of that. It goes behind the curtain to see the, that the wizard is bald. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, w- before the break, we were talking about the unemployment figures, for example, and how, what everyone thinks they are and what they really are. I said 10% seems to be the number that's, um, brought about by the media that keeps being mentioned by the media at least in in california that's exactly right and this is this is just a simple one little simple example of of how perverse things really are um in the early 80s uh we're entering a, a a recession and they didn't like the politicians never like having unemployment on on their watch so they literally changed the way we account for unemployment Whereas there just used to be one reading, now there are six readings. Mm. And the, the Bureau of, of Labor Statistics quotes them as U1, U2, U3, all the way up to U6. And um, the one that you hear every day on the media is U3. That's the one they disseminate as that's unemployment. But if we tallied unemployment the same exact way we did in 1980, which is the U6 reading, it's at 17.6% right now. Wow. Ow. <laughs> and that's on, you can go to bls.gov, it's the government's website, type in up on the right corner, there's a little search box, just put in the letter U and 6, the digit 6. It'll take you right there, show you exactly where it is. It's almost 18%. Now, if Uncle Sam's admitting to almost 18%, it's probably closer to 20%, if not 21, when you add in their crazy birth-death model, which is another fictitious way of creating jobs out of nowhere. So that's my point, is you gotta, you got to take just about everything you hear out of these administrations with a grain of salt. Yes, boy. You know, I, I, we're, we are really getting closer to a revolt. I mean, there's the Tea Party, and, and there are other similar movements springing up. I mean, this is an end... Um, we touched on it a little, but um, the outrageous taxes, even uh, before Obamacare, just the idea that apparently Obama has hired untold um, thousands of, of new IRS agents to squeeze as much money as they can out of us to fund all these different programs that they, well, to to help with socialism, essentially. Um, so the more that that people are, you know, it's now, it's almost April 15th, um, as people are realizing how that's cracking down on them, there's even going to be more of a feeling of wanting to revolt. What do you, what can people do? Um, what do you see happening? Well, I guess that's two different questions. What do you see happening and what can people do to, um, to fix this situation? Well, pe- people are genuinely waking up. Um, the last year has been a real wake-up call. 
And, um, you know, this will sound terrible, but, hey, we'll, we'll say it anyway because, you know, that's what we do here. We, we talk about the truth. And, you know, for a lot of time, American people can tend to be pretty fat, dumb, and happy sometimes. As long as they're fat, dumb, and happy, they, mm-hmm. they got a job, they got their TV, they've got Sunday football, life is good, and they can mm-hmm. put up with a lot. But when you hit them in the pocketbook and you hit them really hard, and they don't have a job for 14, 15, 16 months, all of a sudden they wake up and they go, uh-oh, I've been asleep for a long time. I've been kind of fat, dumb, and happy, and now I'm, I'm broke and something's not right here. And there's a, an awakening of this going on ever since, you know, the, the economic crash, if you would. The housing bubble popped and then the crash. So, you know, better late than never, but there is this big awakening and people are genuinely upset. And in, you, you say revolution. The revolution that we have that we can do is indeed the vote. That's, that's the only thing that we really have left that we can count on. And I'll tell you, here, here's the bottom line. No matter what a politician tells you, no matter how much he says he loves you and you're great and all of that, what a politician loves is being a politician. He loves his job. And the more people I call up and say, yo, here's your pink slip, Okay, you voted for this, or if you vote for cap and trade or whatever, you're out of here. Next chance I get and everybody I know, you're gone. They listen to that. It's the only thing they listen to. Hmm. Well, I think more people have to do that. I actually made some calls uh, to the legislators in California, and uh, they still voted for it. I guess there weren't enough people who who called them up and said, you know, I'm not voting for you if you vote for this. But we have to do well, that. The phone lines were melting down at the White House. Were they? They had to shut, they had to shut the boards down the, hmm. the day before uh, the votes. They, they couldn't handle the volumes. It was incredible. And, of course, all those calls were to say, hey, don't do this. Yes. My point is they went ahead and did it anyway. Yes. So, uh I think that they have to pay the piper come November, no question. We should see some uh, some major changes. I mean, I think people who um, people who are on the fence or independent or democratic, I think are going to um, are going to start. They may not like all of the things that the Republican Party stands for. I mean, you can't like all the things of any party, but. But certainly we need to have at least some counterbalancing going on, and at least something that uh, doesn't allow Obama and Nancy Pelosi to run over what the American people want. No question about it. We need, uh, we need some fresh faces in there and, and on both sides of the aisles. You know? uh, yes. That's one of the big fallacies is you know, people think, well, it's, it's a Democrat problem. It's a Republican yes. problem. Yes. No, 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 no. It's a bunch of people on both sides of the aisle that have gotten themselves bought and paid for and just decide to do whatever they want to do against the the will of the American people. Those people need to go. We need new faces. Yes, yes, I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, it's, I mean, I, I just hope, I hope that my listeners and people in general understand what a crucial point we're at you know of course i'm sure you already foresaw this years ago um with with for example the idea of all so many american companies going to foreign companies to get cheap labor and then you wonder why the why the unemployment rate 
in America is so high. Well, duh, it's because all these companies are, are opening plants in the Dominican Republic and India and all these places where they can pay less. And then, of course, people in America are going to be out of a job. Oh, of course. And, and that's where, you know, when we start talking about things like that and we, we follow the history trail and who's doing it and why, we open up one of those conspiracy cans of worms. For instance, um, like the, our, our energy situation. Um, oh my! You know, we, I hear the music. A... I hear the music. So I'm going Uh-oh. to have to stop you there because I do want to make sure that I tell everybody about your website and the free newsletter. Um, again, the website is investyourself.com. Go there, check out all of the good information that Bob Renier has on the website, and sign up for a free newsletter. Um, no hidden charges, no advertising, no uh, no pulling the wool over your eyes, and just check it out and see what you think. I mean, obviously, this is a man who's uh, done a lot of a lot of analyzing for a lot of years and, and knows what's going on. And I thank you, Bob, for sharing all this um, with us and just helping to clarify so much of this. Because again, the mainstream media is just uh, they should be direct. <laughs> Even the men should be dressed in cheerleader outfits. It's like Obama team, you know. Go Obama. That's team Obama. Well, I appreciated being on. Thank you very much. I enjoyed myself. And uh, I, it, it was a really good interview. You asked great questions. Well, thank you. Again, that's Bob Rainier. His website is investyourself.com, investyourself.com. Go check it out and sign up for a free newsletter. Find out about what's really going on. So, thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.